Hello, it's Wednesday the 3rd of January 2024. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I've gone for a treble top. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we take all the news that's fit to print and give it a proper edit. We unbury the lead, add some celebrity quotes, whack in a few jokes and bring the whole thing bang on the word count with minutes to spare. Then we turn it into a podcast just for you. And we're happy to be back after the Christmas break because we love you, the Papercuts listeners, and also because our families keep telling us to just leave the house, go for a run or something, and we finally got the hint. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Who's counting? Rishi Sunak says that 100,000 asylum cases have been sorted, but the sums don't add up. Scroll with it. Guardian journalist tries to break his phone addiction. Fails. And Haunted Mouse. The first Mickey Mouse is out of copyright and appearing in a horror movie near you. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts. We're the editors in the Bahamas, so we've gone for a two-week lunch. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and with me today is Bunker Boffin and Podmasters podcaster Jacob Jarvis. Hi, Jarv. Hi, Miranda. And also joining us is Comedian's Comedian. I don't know what that means. I just put it in. <laughs> <laughs> and Gentleman of Gentleman's Relish, it's Marcus Brigstock. It means I haven't yet been cancelled by the rest of the comedy community. <laughs> We're all comedians, comedians, until we're Ricky Gervais. <laughs> so what do we have on the front pages today? Joe, what have you got? So on the Times, we have them telling us the healthiest foods to eat at the top, because obviously New Year, New Me and all of that, that's going to be a feature for a lot of the papers, but we won't won't get too far into that. But then like for homeowners after lenders cut fixed rate mortgages, which is a bit of good news, they've also got this massive picture of a... Uh, uh, airplane crash in Tokyo, which is quite horrific to look at, to be honest. We've then got The Telegraph, which has a Cambridge-bound killer girlfriend faces life in jail with a, a picture of her looking quite model-like there on the front of mm. it. And then their main story is Israel kills top Hamas leader in Beirut. Then on The Guardian, again, with the new year, crap, get fit from scratch is there. <laughs> and they've also led on the Israel assassinates senior Hamas leader in Lebanon there. And then on the eye, we've got a bit of uh, Luke Littler there again, the bullseye. And they've also got the picture of the horrible plane crash. And then the the bit of good news about the 2024 mortgage price war, which sounds more violent and interesting than it maybe is. I think they're just sort of cutting the rate of mortgages a bit. I'm not sure what the war war is. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And what have you got, Marcus? In the f- one. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the sun. Uh, Kebab Lover Luke 16 in final. And Yay. the headline is The Boy Donner Good. Because he, he loves a, a daytime kebab, which I have to say I'm a, as a non-drinker, big fan of. It's either, <laughs> it's either never have kebabs again or embrace them at lunchtime. The Mirror uh, have also got Luke Littler on the front, but also Why Still No Justice? This is about the post office scandal mm. and the extraordinary drama, which I started watching last night. It's on ITV and I'm two episodes in and I'm so angry. Like, you will just boil with rage. It's well worth watching. Uh, the male have got... Well, they've got a warning, actually, on the front. It just says Sarah Vine, see page 15. <laughs> no other detail than or, that. Or is it a message to Sarah Vine and there's a note to her? Yeah, could be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dear Sarah, I hope you had a good New Year. 
Um, yes, the um, New Year miracle on the runway is 379 Escape Inferno, the the, the terrible plane crash in Tokyo. I think uh, most people got out. Yeah, they all got out. The amazing oh. thing about it is that there was a basically it was a mistake. There was a smaller plane on the runway that had about five people in, and then the larger plane landed and hit the smaller plane. And unfortunately, everyone there was five, six people on mm. the smaller plane, and one person survived. But on the bigger plane, which was on fire. Very they much. They got everybody point. out. Good lord. Which is amazing. Extraordinary. Uh, and then the main headline in the mail is Curb the NHS Fat Cats on £300,000. Mm. Uh, greedy, greedy NHS people, yes. uh, according to uh, the mail. And then I'm not going to say what the main headline is in the star, proud to love animals, uh, <laughs> but it, they do run with bedbugs ate our council house, but we're we're holding back. There's a very pleasingly named place in the UK and it's led to frankly an all out war Yeah, more of that to come um, there is also on the back of the star I feel we should mention this because it's more Luke Littler yeah <laughs> So just to, uh, uh, you know, for, for people who don't care about darts, we'll do a quick Hard to rewind. imagine at It's this hard stage. to imagine. Okay. <laughs> so he's 16. He won the World Darts Championship semi-final yesterday. I watched it. He was kind of amazing. I mean, if you care at all about darts, and it's quite easy to care about darts quite quickly, I find. Yeah. Um, he was cool as a cucumber, absolutely brilliant. And so he's all over the star, including on the back page, there's a lovely picture of him that you can cut out and wear as a mask. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like our intern will be wearing it later, <laughs> just to ensure he gets served in the pub, even though he's only 16. Of course he's only 16. He's only 16. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> the photos for tomorrow's podcast are going to be all three of you wearing Luke Littler face masks <laughs> cut out from the star. Um, yeah, there's lots of stuff in the star. There's um, a piece about him and his 21-year-old girlfriend, Eloise, on page seven. They found that yesterday they didn't know her surname, and now they do. She's called Milburn, and apparently she has, quote, a voice like Adele. Mm. So now the press think that they're going to be the new Beckhams because he's an elite sportsman and okay. she's a singer. <laughs> wow. It's exciting times. I really exciting. hope he wins. I Imagine really that. hope he wins. It's half a million quid, and his main interest is kebabs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd like to. I'd like to correct you on that. He has a ham and cheese omelette for breakfast, pizza oh, yeah. for lunch, kebab for tea. Good lad. Good lad. <laughs> now, shall we have a look at this strange story about? How many asylum seekers there are left in the UK? So this is on the front of The Independent, which is an online-only paper these days, but it's also in most of the other papers too. It is a bit of a strange story, Jav, isn't it? What's it about? It seems to me mainly to be about Rishi Sunak wanting to have a good bit of news for himself at the start of a new year, to mm. be honest, which, you know, the timing would seem a little bit suspect, you'd say, to be announcing this. But essentially yesterday, the Home Office said that the asylum backlog was cleared. And he went all over Twitter saying the asylum backlog has been cleared and was swiftly community noted because, uh, you know, people responding to it to say, you're wrong, that is a load of bollocks. Because... But also, what is an asylum backlog? That's what I don't really understand. Exactly. I mean, when, how long does the list have to be for it to be considered a backlog? There's surely always going to be a list of people applying for asylum. So what mm. number quantifies a backlog? But essentially, he said he promised in one of his pledges with the whole stop the boats thing that he would get rid of the legacy backlog, which was before June 2022. Right. But with that, I mean, the word legacy is quite interesting there, seeing as it was a legacy of his own government, which he was a part of. I think you can maybe use legacy if, say, they're taken over from Labour. Has if he... Keir Starmer were to win, he might be able to say, 
I'll get rid of their legacy because yeah. that's not my kind of not my problem. A, um, we inherited this mess. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's essentially what they're trying to say. It's, it's this constant staggering. with you know the Tories how they're saying no, we're new, we're the new, 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 new version of the Tories because they've had so many prime ministers. So essentially, that's what he is saying is that he has cleared that, which is around ninety-two thousand people, but. Pretty much everyone's saying you haven't really completely cleared that either. So a large chunk of them have had substantive decisions made, around sort of 70,000 or so. But there is then a, a chunk which may have been withdrawn or paused, whatever that might mean. And then there are 4,500 roughly, which are considered to be complex cases. But because he's saying we've looked at the cases, right. that to him counts as having resolved the case is somewhat essentially we are dealing with it they're just really complicated so that means they've gone away uh, yes, they're, so, very, they're so complex it's so weird because when I first kind of heard about this I thought okay are they saying there's no more asylum no. seekers That's because that's what it seemed like it's no. like we had a backlog we got rid of it we employed some people to go through all the cases and look they've all gone that's what it seemed like well exactly that's what you'd I think what Rishi Sunak sometimes sometimes you'd like to think that Rishi Sunak is really dumb and I'm not sure if that is completely clear I think it's that he thinks that everyone else is really dumb and he thinks yeah. that we're all really dumb and that we will just listen to what he said and he said the asylum backlog has been cleared but what he meant was we've gone through all the ones from before june 2022 but then kind of imagine it i don't know the number of asylum seekers is a bit like a a bathtub where the plug is open on one end but the taps are still running yes yeah, so it's been filled back up so there is still a list of around ninety-four thousand people yeah. waiting for these these claims. I think on this, you really can take it as whether the system is working well or not based upon the people involved in the system. And yeah. from testimonies of asylum seekers going through this, they would suggest it isn't working particularly well. Human rights lawyers would seem to suggest it's not working. very well. Almost every sort of advocacy group would say, this is not going well. No. And he's suggesting it is. They have cleared 112,000 asylum cases were processed last year. Thanks to increased efficiency. Is there any indication uh, about how many of those that have been processed have been approved for asylum in the yes, UK? Yes, so there were around 51,000 grants and 25,000 refusals, so a grant rate of around 67%. Most of the people coming to the UK seeking asylum who have been processed, by some measure, are approved. Yes. They are by the government's definition, people who need to be here who are fleeing persecution. Exactly. I mean, it would be that they are genuinely asylum seekers. They're here coming to seek yeah. asylum. And it's all been conflated with, you know, the stop the boats and all of that. And really, it's it's essentially Sunak's kind of seeing this as something which he can appear to be hard on and be, yeah. be good at because he's not very good at very much. So <laughs> it, would, it would look to me like this is kind of Rishi Sunak's New Year's resolution. Well, and I don't know, if they'd been so good at it and they'd processed it all... And he'd said it would be by the 31st of December 2022 they'd done that. They would know where the numbers were at roughly. It, it just yeah. seems quite the stars have aligned to go. It's almost like they've got a little grid where they want to manipulate the media mm. and say, hey, cover this because it's a new the year. The civil service are good. upset because, yes. because it's a it's a really willful misrepresentation of what's happened. Yeah. And they're even quoted using the word gaslighting, which, as we all know, was one of the hottest words in 2023. <laughs> well, Everyone was yeah. using it. But in this instance, I think it was gaslighting. Yeah, well, I really just, think it was. It's it was, just this complete fudging of everything because if no one will actually look. Pointing at a thing that is demonstrably not happening going, that's happening. Yeah, yeah well, they, their, their first press release didn't include all of the figures and they just yeah. said, we've done it. And then the figures came out and everyone went, well, you haven't really. And even papers which are somewhat on side with the government seem to have to be conceding like, well, just 
based on the the honor of maths and our dedication to that being correct, we're not going to as, say that you're right. As here. a magic trick. It's really shit, isn't it? Uh, now, 92,000 asylum seekers, here they are. Don't look under the cup. Under the cup, we move the cup to the side. Now, look under baby Stockholm. They're not there. They've moved to over here. Bye-bye. And it's like, we can see them. They're yeah. not, no one's under the cup, Rishi. Now... As we've mentioned, at this time of the year, the papers are packed with fun features about giving stuff up, like losing weight, saving money, no more chocolate for breakfast. And if you're The Guardian, of course, it's reducing the time you spend on your mobile phone because mobile phones are fun. (laughs) Anyway, there's a lovely article in The Guardian by Rick Samada. It's great, this article. He wants to stop being on his phone so much. He says he had a tough time last year. He had surgery. There were complications afterwards. So then he couldn't work. He had financial problems. He split up from his girlfriend. He stopped seeing his friends. I mean, he had a bit of an awful time. Um, Around the same time, he says, um, (laughs) all the windows were blacked out with scaffolding and nets. I was living in the dark. I mean, poor lad. So he was just in bed on his phone all the time, right? So he wants this to change. So for this article, he's decided he's going to complete his phone. (laughs) Yeah. So he's just going to spend as much time as he can on it for a week as a version therapy. So it's right. kind of like supersize me, but with your mobile phone. With your phone. Okay, so Marcus, how how does this go? Well, <laughs> Miranda, what it is, is it, it's a mixed bag. Right. This. Okay, it's a mixed so, bag. yeah, I do just need to clarify before I tell you how he spent his week hmm. at, at maximum phone use that most people post Christmas and New Year will read this account and go... Yeah, I mean, I wasn't trying to wean myself off and I did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite normal. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just piled in. So so he says, uh, Monday, I spend seven hours on my first day stuck to Instagram reels. Fair enough. Seven hours on Instagram. Perfectly reasonable. Reddit videos <laughs> and YouTube. Uh, he watches a woman terrified of olives being chased by a chat show host brandishing a jar of them. Now, you see, this is the problem for me. The first one of these that I read, I go, well, I'm looking that up. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, great. Good, good luck with getting off your phone, mate. Yeah. You've just committed me to an extra hour. Uh, he's then hypnotised by the sight of Grace Jones hula hooping. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, for he says for several minutes and then realised it was a gif. <laughs> she's really good at that hula hooping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tuesday... Tuesday takes a really interesting turn. So he goes on to uh, Cora and um, Cora's just full of fascinating questions. So could Mike Tyson in his prime have beaten a Cape Buffalo at what? It yeah, you see, this say. is I, this is what this is what I think. When you get to Quora, I get really interested. Yeah. All the questions are amazing. Uh, why I hope do, it was at darts. <laughs> <laughs> why do humans need to wipe when they poo when animals just squat and plop? Interesting question. It sort of is, although yeah, I can yeah. answer that yeah. one. <laughs> well, I like this one, though. Why was Barney and Friends cancelled? What? <laughs> yeah. Did, I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, You've not read about what Barney did. Mm, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, this is a great question. What screams I'm mentally healthy? Uh, nothing screams it. I think <laughs> screaming it is one of the indicators <laughs> that you're not. But my favourite question out of these that he tackled on a Tuesday is, if someone was eaten whole, brackets not bitten, by a blue whale, but had a pocket knife, would they be able to get out of the whale's stomach unharmed? <laughs> And then there'd be an answer. See, when I read yeah. this bit on Tuesday about Quora, I thought, 
All of these questions like are pretty interesting and now I want to know the answer. Yeah. Off to Quora I go. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm saying. You'll be drawn <laughs> further into your phone. Uh, he describes then that mm. he's feeling pretty rough by this stage. He says, the feeling is insectoid, a squirming formation. I can never pin any thoughts or sensations down. I mean, he picked a terrible time to do this because the whole period between Christmas and New Year, everyone feels like that, yep. phone or not. Yeah, um, By Sunday, he says, this week has been a huge inhuman misstep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, look, I just read about this and I could have told you that on Tuesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> but then you'd have uh, missed that quarter. He says he feels sick of looking at his phone, but crucially, hasn't stopped looking at it. I mean, look, I'm someone who's struggled with addiction my entire life. And when I read what he's describing here, I think, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's like me. So whatever he ends up doing, I mean, I hope this hasn't made what's going on for him worse. Well, next week, apparently, he's going to get some help. I really hope they do help him. God bless him. I really yeah. genuinely hope he gets help. Although I do want to go and Quora. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only way we'll know if he's been completely successful is if this story disappears. Yeah, it's He's true. on his phone so little, he can't even report back about what's happened. I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeeda Varsi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Lots of people talk about us, and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, yeah. we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here at Papercuts, headlines are our happiness and we've missed them over the past few days. Still, we've checked the star over the Christmas break and we can inform that there's been a bit of an animal theme. We missed, because we weren't on air, who woofed all the pies. Nice. That was about dogs overeating at Christmas. And, very scary, invasion of the car scoffing rats. That's about an invasion of car scoffing rats. <laughs> but anyway, now we're back and we're searching for some subbing delight. Do we have any good headlines today? Jarv, what have you got? So on page three in The Sun, we have a story about apparently more than one in ten wig wearers, wig that's wearers. the official term for them, <laughs> uh, have seen their cherished toupees take off. They're blowing off all over the place, apparently. Hey! And the, <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, the headline, they've got two. They've got Baldy Gust Hell, which right. I don't really get. But then they've got Gone Wig the Wind. Gone nice. with the Wind. Okay, that's quite sweet. Then on, on page seven, so Wayne Rooney was taken on as a Birmingham manager and he was sacked because I think they won two games out of 15. Something like that did quite He was badly. really rubbish. <laughs> but uh, the headline is anyway, so... Wayne acts as manager and Colleen now main earner mm. and reversal of fortune. Reversal of fortune. Sir. There you go. Okay. What else have you got? So on page 20 in the Daily Mirror, there's a story about Noel Gallagher and he's giving up booze for his New Year's resolution and going on a health kick for six months. Mm. Uh, he partied hard on tour last year and started to have a, f a dry few months to get back in shape is what it's saying. But uh, I, I don't think I'm going to pronounce this right. The, the headline is the first Noel. No, the first Noel. The, the first, first Noel. Noel. Ah. See? The but first it... Noel. Sorry, yes. I read that completely <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's not the first Noel, it's the first Noel. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Marcus, what about you? What have you got? Okay, well, I've got a good story here in the star. Proud to love animals. Uh, Elton finally pays lost bet to Lineker. Sir Elton John finally settled his football bet with Gary Lineker and told him, sorry, it's late. And the headline is, sorry, is the easiest word. Oh, there you which go. Which is sort of a, sort of a take on, on his song. Uh, but pleasingly... Elton John was quite funny when he did send his tenor to Gary Lineker over a, a football bet. Um, he wrote, Dear Gary, sorry this is late. With Christmas, we were left a little short. <laughs> Have a great new year. <laughs> and then uh, I think my favourite story in today's star is this one. Uh, rocker Paul Weller has bought himself an 11-foot-long Viking horn. The mod father, 65, has been blasting the instrument despite risking upsetting his neighbours. Uh, I mean, it's not really a pun, but it does just say, Weller's giant horn shocks neighbours. <laughs> I, I just don't believe that. It's so unwellery. It's odd, isn't it? Mm. But it has delighted his his dear friend, Noel Gallagher. Oh, here he is, uh, here he is again. Yeah, pal Noel Gallagher said the jam star inset sent a video of him blowing it saying... Get on this. <laughs> and Noel reckons it sounded like a dinosaur being rammed with a hot poker. But my favourite detail is it says, the Oasis legend added, it's fucking massive. I don't even know how he gets it in his house. <laughs> uh, for those of you from Manchester, I apologise. Yes, we're ignoring you. Uh, That's a terrible accents. metaphor for the sound as well. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. no one would possibly know what that sounds like exactly. in any way, shape or form. Exactly. And then the mirror have got um, vigilante posed as traffic officer, complete with fake blue lights, which, to be clear, is completely illegal. You cannot <laughs> impersonate a police officer. And the headline they've gone with is, uh, it's a faux cop. Faux? Very... Based on a fair, a fair cop. It's a faux cop. But it's unusual to use French. Don't it you is. not think? Is it based yeah, on yeah. a fair cop or is it based on a fuck up? A fuck up. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh fuck up. It's, it's, a, a, it's fuck a fuck up. up. Well, you're obviously much more base than I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fuck up. Yeah, that's much yeah. more pleasing, isn't it? <laughs> that's definitely based on yeah. it's, a, it's a fair cop, but I like your version better. <laughs> so we didn't mention the front cover of The Star because we wanted to save it. Um, what yeah. is the front cover of The Star, Marcus? The headline is mega important news from one of the best named streets ever, the Battle of Slag Lane. <laughs> <laughs> what is that battle? Well, so Slag Lane is a place in... Wiltshire, Wiltshire apparently. it turns out. And Sourpuss is living in the delightfully named Slag Lane in the southwest of England, are at war after road signs with the distinctive moniker mysteriously went missing. It's not mysterious. People were pissed over Christmas and went, ha ha, look, it says Slag Lane. It'd be really funny present for my girlfriend. Ha ha ha. Yeah, ha, exactly. Ha, ha, ha. And some of the people that live there have said, well, since you've removed the sign, could we maybe change the name of Slag Lane because the value of our house is adversely affected And by they it. want to change it to something really boring like Lakeside Terrace. Yeah. It's just so bad. Slag Lane exactly. is a great name. Sluts Avenue was written off straight <laughs> away. <laughs> I think it could be a solution as a millennial to the housing crisis somewhat because if I could get... So I'm probably never going to be able to buy a house or you know, I'll struggle. Have a look on Slag but Lane. Would, you know, I'd live on, yeah, like Wankers Alley. <laughs> 
<laughs> or something like that if they want to give me a really well, a really cheap house. Well, here you go. Tossers here's, Terrace. Here's some, here's some genuine places. This is I looked this up on Vans Direct because obviously they get around the country. Vans Direct have helpfully written down their funniest top 20. Maybe these are places you could buy a house. Exactly. Uh, Sandy Balls. I, I'll, I'll live there. That, to be honest, <laughs> that I've, I've been there. That's in the New Forest. It cost a fortune. But Shitterton might be all right. Shitterton, <laughs> yeah. Shitterton in, in Dorset. Wet Wang, most people have heard of. Yeah. There's a place up in Orkney called Twat. Yes, okay. and I've got I've seen lots of people with their photos taken. But the thing so. is, Orkney, you'd probably save on the house, but the commute would be awful. Mm. Uh, North Piddle, uh, Fine Bush Lane. Oh, I'd love nice. I'd love to meet the lady yeah. that was named after. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm one of the first residents. Um, uh, fingering ho. Ho? Fingering, fingering, fingering ho. Fingering ho in Essex. <laughs> that's from a song, presumably, a fingering we will go. Yeah, that's on the great rock and roll swindle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a jackass lane, Crotch Crescent. Yeah, That's, that quite, nice. that's quite modern, Crotch quite Crescent. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Butt Hill Road, Fanny Avenue, The Knob, and then Vans Direct number one, Bellend in Worcestershire. <laughs> Perfect. Well, then you've got like you've Any got various them. choices. You've got loads of options. <laughs> They're all on Zoopla. Yeah, I'm getting yeah, notifications yeah. as we speak. And there's another story, Jarvis. This is in The Guardian and The Times, and this is a story about Mickey Mouse's new role, but it's not really Mickey Mouse, please don't sue us. So Disney is massively yes. kind of uptight about the copyright of... Mickey Mouse. Yes. It once forced the Florida daycare centre to take down an unauthorised Minnie Mouse mural, apparently. Yeah, and there was also, a, apparently, a, t- a stonemason was carving Winnie the Pooh into a child's gravestone and was told that that would violate the copyright. So, so yeah, they're very stringent, which I, I suppose they, they have to be because loads of people would make loads of knockoff shit. Anyway, look, that's, um, okay. been, that's, the, that's the centrist take from me there anyway. Yes, but, okay. you know, they're wankers in there. <laughs> it's probably the, the best way to sum it up. But essentially, so there is a version of Mickey Mouse called Steamboat Willie. Yeah. It's the an initial incarnation of Mickey Mouse. Doesn't have the voice, doesn't have the gloves. He's in black and white. Got a bit of a longer snout. A slightly different to what you'd imagine Mickey Mouse now. But that has eventually come out of copyright. It was meant to go out of copyright in 2003, and then they pushed, they lobbied for the copyright laws to change further. I think it's something like after the creator's death, plus 50 years was initially yeah. what it was, and then they got it changed to... Plus 70 years, and that was called the the Mickey Mouse Protection Act, was what people (laughs) came to call that, basically, to to take a bit of a pop at them. But now, eventually, Steamboat Willie is is out of copyright, so people are diving in to do whatever the hell they want, which Mm. is leading to things like horror movies. The horror movie directors, as a kind of breed, they're just immense, I think, because they bang stuff out immediately and with a kind of joie de vivre. You know, I don't like horror, but in terms of what they do, they're always at it, aren't they? And they've already released a trailer. People must have had (laughs) loads of things prepped, kind of like, you know, when someone dies and the papers just have the O bit there ready, they've gone up, they're going to die soon, so let's write (laughs) about it. And uh, yeah, so by Monday, a poster and teaser trailer were revealed for Mickey's Mousetrap, which is a horror film in which a masked killer dressed as Mickey Mouse attacks a group of young people not in an arcade, but not quite Steamboat Mickey Mouse. Willie. Dressed as Steamboat Willie. Willie, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's not allowed to wear the gloves. So there was the, the Winnie <laughs> the Pooh horror movie where it couldn't wear the T-shirt. 
red t-shirt which is what? so he was fully naked it was yeah. fully that's naked disgusting yeah. I, I think that's a more uh, a more classy look really you know, as, <laughs> as a man who has at points in my life been in just a t-shirt and looked a yeah. bit like <laughs> Winnie the Pooh myself it's, it's, you know it's never it. it's not an endearing place to be at I think yeah. it's, it's a toss up but I'd it's rather be fully naked something you reserve for uh, a solo hotel bedroom yeah <laughs> exactly, exactly just experimenting with different forms of nakedness <laughs> I might try Donald Duck's upper military navy uniform <laughs> Form and nothing beneath. Yeah, well, I'm watching an American news channel. This in feels a... good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the video games coming out, which is a one being an, a noirish jazz filled shooter in which you play as a steamboat willy like gangster mouse causing bloody havoc. So yeah, it's out of copyright. People can do whatever the hell they want with it. So we might do a steamboat willy podcast, I, I, I assume, <laughs> that we could do next. And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Jarv. Thank you, Miranda. Thanks to Marcus. Thank you very much. And if you want a New Year's resolution that's easy to keep, how about joining the Papercuts Supporters Club? Mm. Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes and extended editions, plus the chance to get your hands on some gorgeous Papercuts mugs and T-shirts. So why not decide that your New Year's resolution is to support independent podcasters and impress all your newsy, jokey friends and follow the links in the show notes. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when The Telegraph informs us that Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber has called in a priest to deal with a naughty poltergeist. Rumour has it that the ordeal has inspired his next work on London's West End, <laughs> The Phantom of Belgravia. <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Marcus Brigstock and Podmasters Managing Editor Jacob Jarvis. Music and audio production was by me, Simon Williams. The producer was Liam Tate with assistant production from Adam Wright. Socials are by Jess Harpin and Kieran Leslie. The group editor was Andrew Harrison and the executive producer was Martin Boitosh. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs>